Like, I remember my mom used to always threaten me uh, when I was 12 and getting in trouble a lot. She didn't know how to discipline me. So she was like, I will send you back to Hungary to live with your father. That was her big threat. <laughs> I'm going to send you back to Hungary, live with your father. And then I took it a few times. And then like the fifth time she used that threat, I'm like, you don't even know where dad is. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, damn it, he got me. <laughs> And then she couldn't use that threat anymore, you know? Trekking heavier, traveling light. There's one thing that's right wherever I go. That's where I am. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week in Zoltan. I don't know what episode number this is because I didn't look it up, but it's a solo episode. And by solo, I just mean we don't have a guest, but we got uh, we got Tom on the ones and twos. Say hello, my friend, Tom. Yeah, it's Tom. He's hot and jive. What? I don't know what any of those words mean. And then off camera in the other recliner, uh, the one and only Emma Basiri. Howdy. Howdy. That, I think that's your catchphrase. <laughs> is it too early to say catchphrase? No, go I, ahead. I, you said it twice. It's a catchphrase. This is how Get Her Done started. Uh, and of course, I almost forgot, our episode is brought to you by Safe Journal. Are you into journaling? This is the journal for you. Have you never journaled before? This is the journal for you. Are you illiterate with no hands and can't write? <laughs> this is not the journal for you. You're going to need uh, at least one good hand, or if you're really uh, uh, ambidextri ambidextrous isn't the right word, but if you're really articulate with your lips, or if you can dunk your nose into a uh, pile of ink, I think you good can Lord. use Safe Journal. <laughs> I'm getting real loose with it. Safe Journal is a, uh, I just heard the phrase recently, narrative journaling. Mm -hmm. What does narrative journaling mean? Is that when you're writing about self uh it's just when you write like it's like storytelling writing so you can just write first person third person but you just write whatever you want about your day you reflect um but yeah i love it yeah you can write about yourself you could write about someone else i kind of like that aspect <laughs> i would love to start journaling from a omniscient point of view like there's uh novels that are written first person second person or written from the viewpoint of god i would love to write uh journal entries for people that i know like, like this is this is my friend dane here's my journal entry i had a bunch of truckers mad at me they think <laughs> they think i'm not being hospitable enough but i love them with my heart that'd be fun i don't know if that's i don't know if that's uh therapist recommended to start writing <laughs> journals from a perspective that isn't you but uh but you can do all of these things i think the way it's it is recommended is you write down your thoughts and feelings you have them you feel them you write them down and you understand yourself just a little bit better than you did before my favorite part of the journal uh is actually the gratitude part because no matter how bad your day was at the end they make you write one thing you're grateful for in your life. And then whatever you write down, once you really focus on that, you realize everything you wrote down before that kind of inconsequential mm -hmm. and you shouldn't wish for another plague. That kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Those are the two catchphrases. Howdy and absolutely. Uh, so go to safejournal.co, not .com, .co. Pick yourself up a safe journal. This is a great uh, holiday gift idea. And you can get 25% off. Did I say 25? I said 25% off with the promo code Zoltan, Z-O-L-T-A-N, at checkout. Get yourself a safe journal, safejournal.co. How did you like that one? Better every week. Really? Yes. All right. I got pretty loose with it by saying uh, you can write journal entries for people that never existed. Or people that you, aren't you. You can solve other people's problems. You can. <laughs> <laughs> like if you have an issue with somebody, that might be an interesting exercise. I don't know if there's therapists out there that would recommend this, but it's kind of like pretending, like walking a mile in someone else's shoes, mm -hmm. understanding their perspective, sit down and write a journal entry from the perspective of someone you're currently having an issue with. Mm-hmm. And write it's that actually not a bad one. I think it's not. I, yeah. I thought of it as a joke, but now that I think about it, if you have like a beef with someone, even if they're not a friend of yours, like if I wrote a journal entry and titled it Matt Reif <laughs> and then wrote a journal entry <laughs> from the viewpoint 
of the most handsome, sexy comedian of all time, Matt Reif, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't be mad that he's selling out arenas or whatever he's doing. He can't help his face structure. Some people are just born handsome and funny. <laughs> And which should be unfair. Like, comedy used to be a troll's game. This would be my entry, by the way. <laughs> Ma I think I'm this Matt. whole episode is your entry. I th well, every episode is a journal entry, but I think that would be my journal entry for Matt Reif. Hey, it's Matt. This is my world. They say comedy is supposed to be an ugly man's game, but I can't help that I have an eight pack <laughs> and that I look like I should be a guest jeans model from 1995. I can't help that. And I can't help that I'm also hilarious. And I know that makes other comedians hate me and wish that I at least have an inverted penis, which I actually do hope he does. You can't be funny and attractive and have a functional genitalia like there has to be a line in the there has to be some sort of god some sort of just god that's like all right you're gonna be handsome you're gonna be funny and but we gotta make your genitalia look like a ken doll there's just gonna be nothing down there it's just gonna be a smooth piece of plastic and i mean you can rub that on people if that's what you're into but for the mo we just can't give you functional genitalia because that's too many wins you know what I mean? You can't have it all. Mm -hmm. That's unfair. Like that's how that's the natural balance of life. It's like, oh, are you slightly not that attractive, but and not tall? So you're like, so if you're at a bar, you don't stand out. You're not tall. You're not super attractive. We'll give you the gift of gab. We'll give you a personality. You know, and that's how you're gonna swindle a mate. You know? Some people have it all, though. That's not fair. <laughs> That's not fair. That's not fair. Like, and I know life isn't fair, but it kind of is sometimes. Mm -hmm. It kind of is sometimes. Sometimes you'll see something happen to somebody and you'll go, good, good, <laughs> good. You know, like they needed a, not a, an L, but they just needed a little something to level the playing field. <laughs> just a little something, you know? Like the cool kid in high school that has to sit at the cafeteria at your table because, I don't know, just broke up with his girlfriend and then I'm trying to make up a scenario. But something that levels the playing field. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. We were actually talking about that today. We were talking about uh, this morning. We were talking about how many people get uh, face work done. Like you told me about uh, chin... Uh, fillers, yeah. Chin fillers. Mm -hmm. It's I don't know if you know about this, but they inject silicone into your chin and then but it doesn't last forever i go then what and then they're like it just dissolves mm -hmm. into your face yeah. just silicone into your face and i'm like that how you already you can already tell the lawsuit commercials that are going to be playing 10 years from now did you or someone you know inject silicone into your face thinking it would dissolve and nothing would come of it and now have a thumb growing out of your chin <laughs> call us at 1-800 attorney attorney and attorney because we're going to give you 25 cents on the dollar for your weird thumb chin that uh, <laughs> this thing grew out like you know it's going to be bad it's going to be bad you can't put weird stuff in your face that you can't take out. How long have they been doing that? Chin fillers? That I don't know. You? I just heard of it this morning from you telling me about it. So I don't know. But I mean, like plastic surgery has been around for a long time. Yeah. A long time. But it's, it's, it's the dissolvables that scare me. It's the... Yeah, oh, where does it go? Exactly. It has to go somewhere. Is you, you just sweat it out of your chin. <laughs> One day you're at the treadmill and just some weird ooze comes out of your chin and you're like, oh, you just keep wiping it like your nose is running. Yeah. I think it's a bad idea. 1981. Oh, wow. So it's been around for a while. Ish. Cosmetic injection of the face. So there might have been some plastic before that, but this is all face related. Who was that first person? Who? You know, like the first customer of, we watched a St. Jude uh, I think it was St. Jude. It was one of those, like, give money for the sick kids commercials. And there was an elderly lady that was the spokesperson. We watched this last night because she horrified us. And she looked like she started getting plastic surgery in the 70s. But now she's in her 70s. So now it's like, you know when you walk into a house that hasn't been remodeled? 
like mm-hmm. it's original from the 70s and you're like, oh, shag carpet. Mm-hmm. Oh, wood tie. Like, ah, mm-hmm. ah, that's what this woman looked like. She looked like they haven't remodeled, like they remodeled her face using technology from the 70s. And you're like, ah, this isn't eco-friendly. Who are you talking about? Do you remember that last night we were ch- flipping through the channel and we landed on someone? I went, ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Remember that? that? Yeah. yeah. It, it looked bad. Yeah, don't just keep your face. I don't know. I'm in a happy mood. I, that's how I meant it. Mm-hmm. I'm in a good mood. Not most mornings I'm kind of cranky, but I listen to uh, John pa- John Baptiste on the entire subway ride. I had, he's like, uh, he has a good sh- documentary thing. It's heart-wrenching, but it's up on Netflix now. I didn't know about this guy, but apparently he won like every Grammy you can win a year ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was listening to his album. I had the the good headphones on. And I was just listening to upbeat music, but I was in front of just the saddest faces on the subway. Mm-hmm. Just And it was such a weird, like, transition. Because I'm, I'm over here, like, listening to this guy play the piano, sing all this upbeat music, my toes tapping, and I'm just looking at miserable people. Like, there, I don't know if you saw the woman in front of me. She was pregnant, and she had a bunch of facial piercings. She's drinking a coffee, mm-hmm. and she just looked like she had a day in front of her. And I'm just over here, life is good, (laughs) life is beautiful, tap your toe, shake your ass. And I'm just like loving life and I just have this in front of me. And it was such a weird, you know, difference between the two. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's why everyone should wear headphones in public. I think that should be a public service, like uh, kind of like the police, but a different branch. If you can tell someone's having a bad day, you just come by and you put headphones on them. And it's uh, John Baptiste or, or like Outcast or like just some happy, upbeat, rump shaking music. And then you see if that doesn't flip your day. Mm, or give him a cheeseburger. Give him a cheeseburger? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Wouldn't that be a great way to, s- to spend our tax dollars instead of, I don't know, whatever we spend our tax dollars on now, which everyone seems to be upset about. But just people that go around and people that have bad days, you just slip headphones on. Happy music's playing and a and a double cheeseburger from Shake Shack. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like if that doesn't brighten your day, you better step off that roof you're living on cuz I think it's over, you know. Shake. You, you are you a Shake Shack fan? I am, yes. Yeah, Shake Shack. Yeah, that's our favorite. That's our favorite. I, I you know. Point usually. <laughs> they don't disappoint, but we don't have one nearby so we have to Uber Eats it. And then once it gets uber-eated to our place, it's already cold. Yeah. And then it doesn't keep. It's that potato bread. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hold in the heat like other buns. It gets really soggy. It gets soggy. I'll still eat it, though. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, we still eat it, but our joy is definitely less. Mm -hmm. It's probably like how heroin addicts feel after they've done it for like a year. (laughs) To where like, this still feels good, but it's kind of lukewarm compared to when we first started. (laughs) You know? You got to get that first. (laughs) It's not the same feeling. It's got to be that first the rest of the time we're just chasing the dragon mm-hmm. that's what it's like when you get a cold shake shack mm-hmm. it just feels like a heroin addict three years in just chasing the dragon trying to stay right so we can go to work you know i can see that yeah um but yeah we were i don't know like we were uh we were having this deep discussion about the meaning of life i think because we were miserable yesterday mm-hmm. what was it yesterday when the sun didn't come out oh yeah and the sun didn't come out you were feeling crummy i was feeling crummy and then we were trying to break down the meaning of life. And then I realized the kind of happiness I wanted in my life is I want to be as happy as like those sober people. You know, those sober people that are like fresh out of the program mm-hmm. and they're like, every day's an opportunity. <laughs> and they're just super pumped. Like, I don't know what's happening tomorrow, but today's for me. And you're mm-hmm. like, I want that kind of zest for life. You know, where there's like no substances in him and he's just like, oh, isn't it great? There's air in my lungs, shoes on my feet, uh, my posture's all right. My neck hurts, but we're not going to talk about it. Like they add in one little bad thing, but then they don't dwell on it too. I want that kind of happiness. Like the guy fresh out of rehab, just learned about Jesus. Like he's got he's got earmarks in the Bible. Let me read you my favorite passage. You know, like Jesus. All right, here we go. Like I want that kind of joy. And I realized the way to have that kind of joy, because I don't know if you know this about 
rehab people is they take it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. That's like a big motto in rehab. You take it one day at a time. You're not saying I'll never do drugs or alcohol. You're saying I'm not going to do it today. Tomorrow, who knows? But today, mm -hmm. I'm definitely not going to do it today. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have a great day. <laughs> and I think that's the key to life. You got to live life like a recovering drug addict and take it one day at a time and go, today's going to be a good day. I, like I don't that. know about tomorrow. Tomorrow, my building might collapse. We live in the Bronx. <laughs> but today, today's going to be a badass day. You can't worry about tomorrow. No. I think you got to. Yeah, because the more you think about tomorrow and the next day and six months from now and a year from now, the more all those pressures of time ahead starts weighing in on today. Yeah. And it makes me want to just lay down. That's what <laughs> it makes me want to do. When I think of tomorrow and six months from now and a year from now and six years from now, it makes me want to lay down and pull the blankets right up to my nose and go to sleep, which I've done mm -hmm. a few times. But when I take it a day at a time, I'm like, today's going to be a badass day. <laughs> it's going to be a good day. I'm jacked up on coffee. We got a sweet treat before we came oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> like That's how you should attack your day. Get a coffee, get a sweet treat, and go power hump your day. I don't know why this became a motivational speech, but I think recovering drug addicts have it figured out. Also, prisoners. Like, if you watch, I think we got to stop looking at life as this long-going thing, take it day by day like a prisoner. Because if you think about it, we've been sentenced to life. That's what living is. You've been sentenced to live this life. And life is hard. Life will kick you in the pants sometimes. It will really run you down. And you got to treat it like a prisoner. Like if you ever watch those prison documentaries, like you can see how different prisoners deal with prison. Some get into art. Some go back and get their GED. Some, some get, get into religion. Mm -hmm. What were you about to say? Yeah, Bible. Oh, yeah. Some people get into religion. Some people don't get into any of that, and they just look out the window and kill time mm -hmm. and then sharpen something metal. Like, <laughs> like there's different ways to go about it. You write your manifesto, and then one day you stab a prison guard in the neck, and then you get more time on your life. That's the other way to do it. There's plenty of people in the real world that also take that route, too. The manifesto, sharpen something, and stab somebody route. Or you can take the other route. You're like, oh, I really got into yoga here in prison. I started mm -hmm. lifting weights, started writing a book. You know, you, you, you go all those different routes because life is a sentence. Like anytime I see when someone lived to 100 or past 100, I'm like, man, they must have did something bad <laughs> to get that much time yeah. to be sentenced to 105 years of living. You must have done something bad in your <laughs> 20s where they're like, no. We're going to have you live with this guilt for another 20 years than you should have. Anytime I hear about someone who died at like 65, I was like, oh, they got paroled early. <laughs> they got out of here early. They must have. It was on good behavior. 65, he made it out. I don't know. How I, long I, do you want to live? Uh, before I started looking like Jimmy Carter. Did you see they wheeled Jimmy Carter out because his poor wife passed away? Aww. And they pull, they pulled him out of hospice care, which is, uh, that's death row in prison terms. Like when you're in prison, they put you on death row when they're about to give you the electric chair. Mm. And hospice care is when you're, uh, when you're at a point where medicine can't help you and we're just kind of waiting out time. And there's a nurse that comes by and makes you comfortable. So they wheeled him out to pay respects to his wife. And first of all, beautiful that they were married for so long. And it's just, but it's so, I can't imagine what that feels like to be so old. You're put on hospice care. You know what hospice care is. It's not like they call it Tutti Frutti or mm. change the name for you. They're like, this is your hospice care nurse. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember what hospice care is. And then your wife passes away, which means you guys weren't even together during the time because you're in like an, a separate hospice, I assume. Aren't you in a hospice cell or something like a iron lung of some sort? separate location yeah. yeah it's like a separate location so they brought him out for the but he looked right i don't want to live that long mm. i don't want to live like like what's the age i've met some people in their 70s that look like they're in their 50s it depends how i age mm. it depends how i age which i'm eastern european which i don't think that bodes well for me i think <laughs> we fall apart i think your people do well do we yeah i think persians age good Mm. Oh, yeah. Based on what I've seen of like on in the media, your parents have aged really well. Yeah. Yeah. They're aging well. They look spry, like they look good. And then my mom, she's aging well too. Yeah. But my mom's a freak of nature. Mm -hmm. And and but most I think Eastern European women 
age well. But if you look at the men, we start crumbling. Yeah. We start crumbling, usually around the Tom's face. Tom's agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, same with my people, Italians. Italian yeah. oh, women really? live forever. Italian men are done by, like, 65. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thing that uh, Italian men specifically, they get to an age where they just uh, stop putting the other shirt on. Well, and already it, thinks, everyone already thinks I'm, like, 37, so. <laughs> How old are you? 29. 29? See? No, I, I don't think you look 37. I think I you shave. have... You know what it is? It's your, uh, it's your, you just look like you have the weight of the stress of a 37 year old on your shoulders. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're always very polite and happy, but you also look like you're dealing with a lot at home. <laughs> every time, every time we come, you look like you're dealing with the 37 year old's problems. You're like, ah, the car nodes do. Ah, you know, there's no groceries this week. I got to pick up the kids from school. And I mean that in a, in a very, in a complimentary way. <laughs> Because it also comes with the feeling of wisdom. Yeah, I was going to say. You yeah, because when wise. you see someone who's in their 20s who doesn't have these problems and they're just right. kind of bip bopping through life, a little whimsical, you're like, oh, you haven't lived life. Right. You haven't been kicked in the teeth yet. You, you don't know what's coming. Yeah, you haven't met reality. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a transition people go through. That's how I would walk in here right now if I didn't listen to John Baptiste on the subway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that on the way home. I'm telling you, put on some like happy music, as stupid as obvious as it seems, will change your mood. Like I love listening to Metallica. I love listening to heavy stuff, sad stuff. Sad stuff will make you sad. Heavy stuff will make you imagine punching strangers, and happy stuff will make you just giggle and feel joy. Especially with good headphones, oh, yeah. where you get to hear all the instruments. Yeah, you just got a new. Pair I just of got. I've never had good headphones my entire life. And I just bought good headphones, one of those Bose ones. Oh, the, like the sound canceling. The yeah, noise the noise canceling one. That's the ones I got back there. I brought them today, and uh, I've never been a big. I've never spent money on anything, and uh, so I always like just get whatever's on deal at Amazon. And I usually do earbuds, and earbuds are fine. I have some like JBL earbuds or whatever. They were mm -hmm. on sale, and they're fine. But when you put on like good headphones, mm -hmm. you hear instruments that you didn't even know were in there. Oh, yeah. Like I was listening to John Baptiste. I'm like, is someone playing the piccolo in the background? <laughs> is that a piccolo I hear? Did someone just give a French horn half a toot? What's going on back there? <laughs> yeah, you can see the composer. You can you can you can smell the music. Yeah, that's how good these headphones are. You're like, oh, they just put some new uh, polish on the violins mm -hmm. before they started uh, stroking the strings on They're that one. You can you can. See Smell the uh, palm olive, or what? Not palm. Uh, what do they spray on wood? Polish. Pledge. That's the one. Yeah. You know the pledge spray. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You can smell the pledge. But um, I don't know what the point of all that was. But yeah, happiness. Live. Take life yeah, once yeah, at a time. Yeah. You know. And what did we figure out? The point of life is just having kids. Yeah, I mean, like when you watch all those David Attenborough documentaries all the animals their common theme is reproducing yep and i'm like well we are no different than those animals no i think that that is our purpose i mean i don't want it to be our purpose but i think that's it yeah i i think you're right and i think humans are animals that were just punished with the gift of thought like i don't think you know, I don't think, and I hope, I actually hope that there's never like an animal, just like a beaver on a log going, <laughs> what is the point of all this? <laughs> what is the point of me gathering all this wood and putting it over there? It was fine over there. What's the point of me putting it over there? How big does this house need to be? Why do I have yeah. to live up to my neighbor, my neighbor's dam? Why yeah. can't my dam be a little smaller than his <laughs> stupid dam? I hope that no beaver ever has that complex where they're comparing their dam to another beaver's dam. But people, we, we have that. Mm -hmm. And we try to dissect things. I think the reason our generation isn't having kids as much as previous generations is because our parents complained so much about having us during our childhood. Mm -hmm. And they let us know how hard it was to raise us. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, yeah, check. Well, I won't do that. <laughs> yeah. 
We were also taught not to repeat the mistakes of our parents. <laughs> we're supposed to be better every time. Like we grew up in a generation where at school they said, hey, your parents are great and they love you. But also there's other people to look up to. <laughs> like look up to these athletes, look up to these actors, look up to yeah. all these other people. And then the things we learned from our parents were, oh, the hard parts of life was me. Yeah. And I was also such a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. my mom when I was growing up that I'm like, karma's going to get me. Like. <laughs> And me, I was a good kid. Yeah, I was a good kid. Could a good kid until I hit twelve, and then once I my hormones started, I was like a real pain in the ass to be around. I was getting in trouble in school, and really talking back. I learned how to talk back. <laughs> Remember that big achievement when you were a kid, where like someone would say something to you, and then you realized, oh, I can respond. <laughs> Because I thought of something witty. You know why? Because I wasn't working nine hours and I didn't, I got some sleep. So my brain's firing on all synapses, you know? Like, I remember my mom used to always threaten me uh, when I was 12 and getting in trouble a lot. She didn't know how to discipline me. So she was like, I will send you back to Hungary to live with your father. That was her big threat. <laughs> I'm going to send you back to Hungary, live with your father. And then I took it a few times. And then, like, the fifth time she used that threat, I'm like, you don't even know where dad is. <laughs> <laughs> and she went, damn it, he got me. <laughs> and then she couldn't use that threat anymore, you know? And it's like, it's like the moment you learn to talk back as a kid is just a game changer. <laughs> and that's when parenting becomes hard. I think it's easy when they're young and you can tell them that... The sun is just a bunch of candles or I don't know. You can just make up some lies. And then once they get older, they just like slowly realize they can ask you more questions and break down your facade of intelligence. Mm. You know, slowly they realize, oh, my God, dad's not that smart. Oh, my God, mom's not that smart. I think they just made love and I came and now they're trying to figure it out as I'm already here. A lot of truth bombs. A lot of truth bombs in that. I, I don't know. I will call this episode, It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know what the... Uh, I think take it day by day. Today we had coffee. We had some treats. Mm -hmm. We're living it up, you know? Mm -hmm. Going back to San Diego tomorrow Ooh. to do some shows. And then we come back, right back. We're going to Arizona. Going to Arizona for a little bit for yeah. some shows that I regret having. Uh, don't come to them. Uh, <laughs> I made... I accepted a show that I was, I, was, I was having some drinks at the lounge at an airport. It was right after I scared off John Lithgow. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and then I got a mess. I was trying to set a comedian friend up with my old cruise ship agent, and then he offered me a show that was in Arizona right after we were going to be in San Diego. I'm like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and then you ever do that? You ever accept a show when you're slightly inebriated, a yeah. couple whiskeys in, and you're like, that sounds great. <laughs> and then... You realize what you've accepted, and you're like, oh, oh, no. I'm on a compilation show at uh, at a casino in Scottsdale. It's going to be fun. But I looked at the lineup. It's not just me. It's uh, it's a picture of an Elvis impersonator uh -oh. and then a picture of, like, a Dolly Parton. I don't know if I've even told you this. You have not. <laughs> so it's like a it, there was, like, a picture of you, either an Elvis impersonator or the Blues Brothers oh. and then, like, a Dolly Parton impersonator. And then my picture's not on it, and the bottom it just says, Comedians, old Tank Cass. So I'm like, oh, Aww. no. I'm like, am I hosting this? I think I might be hosting this. Yeah, that's going to be a bunch of 74-year-olds. Yeah. I think I'm going to pass. You're coming. <laughs> I, I don't know how you're getting home then, because I got our tickets to go from we got here to San Diego to Phoenix to home. I'm staying at the hotel. You're staying at the hotel? Well, the hotel's... <laughs> two shows a night? Yeah, two shows Four a night. Four shows? Four oh, shows. Maybe it pays great. No, oh. it doesn't take <laughs> I accepted this as a, and I like my cruise ship agent. I, we haven't, I haven't worked cruise ships in years. He's a great guy. I just accepted it because I was trying to get my buddy in with him. He ended up working with somebody else. So then I got left with the gig, which is still going to be fun. Yeah. Like there's still a big part of me that's like happy I took it. But at the same time, I'm like, we could also just come home. 
<laughs> or we could have spent more time in San Diego drilling California burritos and having in and out I think you should cancel it. It's too late to cancel. I can't do that to somebody. <laughs> I'm also one of those people, like, if I agreed to do it, I'm coming. I'll cancel for you. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You'd have no issues canceling <laughs> for me. Plus, we get to see our friends in Arizona, so it'll be fun. Yeah. We get to see Brandon and Sasha. Maybe the uh, the gay neighbors will invite us over for a pool party. Oh, I hope they do. Oh, that was the best. I think I talked about that on the podcast. I just remember... We went to, they have these uh, these two dudes that are their neighbors, and they just have the most fabulous backyard, big pool, and they had the best food. And I just went on a rant, I think, on that episode on how if you ever get invited to a gay party, go to that party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be the best food, the best drinks, the best conversation, the best company you'll ever keep. And, uh, and we went to that, and I just remember being high, floating in a pool, and you were sitting above me, and you, as my head was floating in the water, you were feeding me chunks of key lime pie. And I was like, this is the best day of my entire life. I remember I, that. I felt like I was in my mother's womb, just floating there. My eyes were kind of dim, and I was just getting sustenance piled into my mouth. Nom, 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 nom. It was so good. It's in San Diego? No, this was in uh, this was in Phoenix. Uh, yeah. This was in Phoenix. Uh, so yeah, we get to go there after San Diego. You ain't going to a party with key, that has key lime pie unless it's a gay party. That's yes. Yes. That's yeah, key lime pie. Sleeper too. It's key lime pie is an interesting dessert because uh, it's popular with the elderly <laughs> and the gay community, <laughs> which I, I'm neither, and I love key lime pie. Like key lime pie is my favorite. I, I got into it when I worked at the retirement home because I didn't, you know, I was I was. A waiter there in high school and then they'd let you drill some of the desserts once you fed everybody so at the end i was like what's this green pie and i ate it i'm like this is the most magnificent thing i've ever eaten i remember my other co-workers the other teenagers that work there are like it's gross i'm like you're stupid <laughs> you're stupid these people know what's up yeah you love key lime pie and you also love um What's, what is it, pumpkin pie or pecan pie? I love pumpkin pie. Yeah. I love, I think pumpkin pie could end the conflict in both Ukraine, Russia, and the Israelis and the Palestinians. <laughs> Has anyone tried pumpkin pie? Has anyone tried bringing over a million pumpkin pies <laughs> and just putting them out there and put it right at the border, right where all the conflict is and go, hey, listen, there's a bunch of pumpkin pies <laughs> and they're there. And I'll give you guys the forks once I see some handshakes. Mm. But no forks until we see some handshakes <laughs> and some apologies and some we're never going to do this again to each other. And then we get the forks, key lime pie. In fact, if you hug and kiss, we got whipped cream at the other <laughs> end. So there's levels to this. That's the problem. Like none of these, all these peacekeeping people that are like trying to fly and solve all these conflicts around the world. Has anyone offered food? Like good food. Nothing, nothing from anybody. I think this could, maybe I'm underthinking the conflict in all these situations. I just know that if I'm having a bad day and I have a piece of pumpkin pie or key lime pie and there's a little whipped cream there and you put some headphones with John Baptiste mm -hmm. on my ears, I don't remember who I had a conflict with. I think we can resolve it. I agree. There we go. There we go. That's what I was looking for. I, um, we've been having a... An extra good. Where was I? Last week we had Johnny Laquasto on the show. Before then, I was in Atlanta, Nashville, St. Louis. By the way, thank you to all the people that came out to those shows. I don't think I told you this. So the Nashville show, it was like a Sirius XM recording thing for them. And then they did like a listener appreciation thing where they gave away uh, some people like one tickets to come to the show. And then they also got to come back back to the green room and like before the show and say, hello. I felt like a real celebrity. I've never done that before. Like where like people come back before the show and only a certain lot people are allotted and they get like a gift bag and they say hello and they take a photo. What I didn't realize is that some of these people aren't going to know who I am. And some of these people just happen to call in to a radio channel and win tickets to a comedian they don't know and to a meet and greet that they could go either way on <laughs> and the first couple people they were great they were like oh it's we're, we love your comedy and we're so good i'm like that's wonderful i was feeling like jay-z or somebody famous back there and then this elderly couple comes in 
And they just, I just remember the lady looked at me with this big, nice grandma smile. And she goes, oh, are you the comedian? <laughs> and I was like, all right, way to, way to let me know. Okay. All right. You guys were just listening to something and someone jammed these tickets in your face. I love it. And then we handed it like the, the guy was like annoyed. Like her husband was annoyed. We had to do this. He's like, so where, where, how do we get to our seats? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm the comedian. I'm just backstage. And then we handed the gift bag over over and he's like i don't want this and i'm like he didn't say that but his eyes did yeah you know old, i think the older you get in life the less you can keep your opinions off your face mm-hmm. you know when you're younger you can feel one way but look another mm-hmm. and then the, the i think the older you get i think that's just the confidence that you gain from living life as long as you have is you're no longer able to keep your opinion off of your face you're like that now i'm like that now can you imagine <laughs> what i'll be like when i'm 70 if i'm lucky enough to hit 70 80 whatever age i i will just have a constant look of i want to be alone <laughs> with my wife will you please leave me alone just every person that comes up huh because uh-uh, uh-uh. you i mean you're more social than i am but i'm uh i'm a. I'm a real loner, dude. I'm a lone dog. A little hermit. A little hermit. We went to a party on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We went to our friend's birthday party, and there was a, it was a dual birthday party, so there's two people having a birthday. And uh, it's like, what, 30 people in a two-bedroom apartment? Mm-hmm. And we walked in late because I had a spot, so we didn't get there in the beginning. So by the time we showed up, everyone's already paired off. You know, conversation groups. Every party is the same. There's going to be a couple people on the couch. There's going to be a circle of people around the food. There's going to be one weird guy in a doorway because there's nowhere to stand. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, I'll be the weird guy in the doorway. And it, there were so many people there. It took us 10 minutes for Emma and I to find a place to stand where I wasn't consistently in someone's way. Because <laughs> the first time we showed up, we're like, uh, we also showed up hungry. Mm-hmm. So we said hi to like two people, the two people that live there. And then we just start drilling finger foods. (laughs) And they're refilling these finger foods. Like they had pigs in a blanket with the wieners with the, with the dough around them. Yeah. Phenomenal. And we're just, I'm plowing those down. And, uh, I look like wimpy from Popeye, just throwing (laughs) like mini hamburgers down his throat. (laughs) I'm eating those like, uh, like a machine gun. And I realized you and I slowly <laughs> migrated over to the stove where they were pulling all the fresh finger foods out of. And we were just, I'm like, once I realized I turned to you, I'm like, oh my God, you and I are just flocking near the fresh food like seagulls next to a tourist trap waiting to steal someone's French fry. That's where we they got more wiener dogs. And then we dive in. <laughs> That's what we were doing. We we don't come to a party to socialize. We come to flock around the food, get our fill, mm-hmm. and then we stand off to the side and we watch what everyone else does. <laughs> and we judge their outfits. Mm, a lot of outfits to judge. Yeah. Has there ever been a worse generation for style than right at this moment? Mm, I don't know. I feel like the style now is like just they're just reinventing previous decade styles. Yeah, yeah. They're taking one of the worst style generations, which is the early 2000s, late 90s, and they're like, hey, remember when everyone dressed like they were in the Matrix? And you're like, ah, damn it. Mm -hmm. Matrix and like bell bottom pants and stuff. Dude, I just want pants. (laughs) You know how hard it was for me? Like the last pair of jeans I bought, I hate them. I hate them because they're big. They don't sell like regular pants anymore. You got to get them big like you got a knee brace under your pants or something <laughs> and you need room for that to wiggle around. I just want regular pants. I don't need them skinny jeans. Just regular uh, pants. Just, like regular just oh, do you want them boot flared? No. No, dude. No, I don't want it to look like I have Hulk Hogan thighs. <laughs> Give me regular legs. I hate the new clothes. And I go, we went to the mall and I was just saying we found one shirt. Mm-hmm. We found one shirt that I was willing to wear. But so many of I put on, I'm like, why is this puffy? Baggy what? arms, yeah. Baggy arms, dude. I lost a bunch of weight in 2017, and this is not what I lost weight for. I didn't lose weight for baggy clothes to come back. Otherwise, I would have never lost the weight. Right. All right? <laughs> if I knew baggy clothes were coming in a couple of years, I would have kept eating pie. All right? I would have kept drilling pie. I would have kept going to the buffet. I didn't know I could cover it up with all these big, dumb clothes. Yeah. Make them regular. 
It's pretty dog shit. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. And we're on the subway, and everyone looks like an extra from the Matrix. <laughs> Long leather jacket, baggy pants for no reason. All the women are wearing those Elaine shoes that you, you actually like I the like those. yeah you They're like cute. the Elaine shoes, but that I, I and I'm not a fashionista. Look at me, I'm wearing a gray Shawn Michaels shirt, <laughs> old jeans and old shoes. I'm not a fashionista. I just want a place to get regular clothes, and I think that happens as you age. Mm. Slowly, they keep changing the style. And eventually, all the men just end up shopping at, like, Bass Pro Shop. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to end up wearing... That's why when you see, like, a guy who's 50 and he's on vacation somewhere and he's wearing, like, a fishing jacket, you're like, why the hell is that guy wearing a fit with the flaps mm-hmm. in the back? You know, like, the and mm-hmm. all these pockets. And you're like, why is he wearing a fishing jacket in Manhattan? It's because style changed and left him behind two decades ago. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he's willing to wear... Is stuff that's sold at Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, it's consistent for him. It's cons- at least they don't change. Yeah. Don't change. I'm gonna. Be, I don't. I, I, th- 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 bring it back. That means if it goes circularly, I got 20 more years until they bra- bring back like skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. And then by then, in 20 years, I'm gonna be 56. And then people are gonna go, "Whoa, you're really stylish." I'm like, "No, nah, I never changed. It came back around." I can see us shopping at Costco when we're old. Now I'm ready to shop at Costco right now. <laughs> right <great>. now. <laughs> give me give me some Kirkland jeans. Do they fit like regular jeans? I'm not trying to look like I'm in a gang from the 90s. Like, what, what are we doing here? I can't do it. Big dumb clothes. I mean, that's the official sign of, of aging is once you start complaining about the clothes. Mm-hmm. Don't even get me started on the rap music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying, and you don't. It sounds like you, I don't know what you're saying because you don't have a lot to say, and that's why you're muddling the lyrics because you don't have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. You could understand what Tupac was saying. He had something to say. Mm-hmm. He hit every syllable. Yep. You could understand it. He wasn't mud mouthing it. He's like, I want you to know. And then these rappers today were like, they, they hit record before I was ready. <laughs> like, please muddle my lyrics. <laughs> I wasn't ready to share my thoughts and feelings. Mm. How are we doing on time? We are at 41. Oh, okay. We started at 10.30. I forgot we started at 11.30. 11:30. We didn't start on the hour. Good, because I have more to complain about. Mm-hmm. Let it out. Let I, I mean, complain in a joyful way is, is what I mean, of yeah, course. That's the mood today. That is the mood. It's yeah. a joyful, I still feel good. That's good. You know why you feel good? Why? It's because the sun's out. If it was raining today, it would be a different story. That is what it is. Yeah, the sun. And if you w- wrote in your safe journal, you would know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you notice patterns in me where, like, I'll come by and you're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, what? What do you mean, what's wrong? She's like, I can feel your energy. <laughs> what is wrong? And I go, nothing's wrong. <laughs> like, you know, I'm upset before I know I'm upset because mm-hmm. I have a. Uh, I have a level of malaise to life and then sometimes I'm up here but most of the time I'm right here which mm-hmm. is like simmering on mad mm-hmm. and then and then you're like what is it and then I'll think about it I'm like there's three comments on YouTube that hurt my feelings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm having a three way argument with people I've never met and I'm assuming what they would say to the things I'm thinking of saying and then blah 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 and blah 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 <laughs> and then you're like good lord you know <laughs> Like, I remember the thing I said to you the other night where we had a long conversation about how how you're like, you know, express your feelings. Yeah. You got to express your feelings. And I think I do express my feelings in my heart. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you don't realize that you're in a three-way relationship with the voice in my head. (laughs) You're the third wheel in a relationship we both have with the man up here. Mm -hmm. And me and him talk about a lot of stuff. So when you're like, why didn't you just tell me about the YouTube comments that were bothering me? I was like, oh, we already had this conversation in the shower. You weren't invited. Like, we've already talked this out. Yeah, we've already talked this out. (laughs) You just weren't here for it. I'm sorry, you didn't get the invite. We were in the shower having brunch, and you you missed that invite. But we've already talked about this. Now I'm rehashing the conversation I had in my head with myself, with you. And then let me tell you about the guy in my head. He's... Both for me and against me at the same time. Like in the same sentence, he'll say something that'll make me feel good and panic in my heart all at the same time. 
He goes, hey, don't worry about those comments. I mean, some of them are right, but for the most part, don't worry about those comments. And then those will kind of leave me with, a, hey, what was that middle part? You know exactly what that middle part was, all right? Sometimes they wouldn't have these opinions if they weren't kind of true. But for the most part, they're probably just having a bad day. But really, I mean, how wrong could they be? Maybe, uh, maybe you do need to think more before you speak. And then like all these little, I don't know. And so I have that whole back and forth. And then later I bring you into it. And then you're like, why are you so angry? And I'm like, because it's my fifth time going through this. <laughs> this isn't the first time I've said this. Why am I repeating myself? And you're like, you've never said this out loud. And I'm like, I've said it a lot in my head. <laughs> and yeah. So other than that, what is the biggest complaint of being with the comedian? how aloof I am, how in my head I am, I guess. Yeah, I think that would be the main thing. You're always in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always I'm always not not present. That's the one. That might be the name for the next special. Not mm -hmm. this one that we're doing, mm -hmm. but the next next one. Maybe I'll do some jokes about that and be like just call it not present. <laughs> <laughs> it's just hard. I are you a present person, Tom? Not really. My girlfriend has actually said that exact same thing. I think it's a lot of men. <laughs> men aren't just present. Not present, yeah. 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 But also, like, I get it because you're a comedian. That's how you write your jokes. Mm hmm. But it's just, it's, but, I don't know. But I, I mean, you know, you don't have to bring up past relationships, but uh, like anyone that was not present. A lot of men are. Like yeah, that, a lot yeah. of men just aren't present. Damn. What is that? Is it because we're afraid? Do you think it's fear-based? I don't think so. Like, do I mean, you, like when something bothers you, you're pretty quick on going, hey, this bothers me. Mm -hmm. And then you talk it out with me mm -hmm. in a way that I would normally do it in my head, but you do it out loud. Right. And then uh, me, and not to generalize, I'm sure not right. all women are that way and not all men are the way me and Tom are, mm -hmm. but... Most men are like inside going, yeah. If I, if I had to guess, I would be like men are fixers. They like to fix things themselves. Right. So they'll try to figure it out internally before they put it out into the world. Mm. You know? That makes a lot of sense. Because I get very uncomfortable every time you order a man on TaskRabbit. <laughs> to come over and hang a painting because I don't have a I don't have a drill that can go through brick and uh, I get very uncomfortable with that and every time you're like should I get a task rabbit it takes you three times to ask me on the third time I'm like just do it already <laughs> and it's because on the inside I'm, I got a voice going really you're just gonna let another man come in here and, and sling his genitals around while he hangs our TV that's what you're gonna allow and then I have to talk myself down and go that's just the toxic masculinity talking like that this doesn't mean that he can please your wife better than you can like that doesn't mean any of that just because he has better power tools than you and has a big backpack yeah like, when that guy came to mount our tv you're like i'm gonna go hang out in the bedroom <laughs> yeah, i left dude i felt so emasculated it was like a new this guy showed up to hang our tv and it was like a new lion show, showed up into the pride and he had a bigger mane than me. And I just like whimpered off to the other side of the rock formation, which was our bedroom. And I just waited there. I'm like, let me know when he's done and gone and I'll come back and pee in all the areas and mark my territory. <laughs> I'll pee in all my areas to remark my territories. You know, it's just such a, yeah, it's, it's such a, I don't know what it is. It's this weird thing. Cause like, there is a side of me that fully understands that that's a dumb way to think mm. and ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But then there's, it's also kind of built in to where I still have the argument in my head. Mm -hmm. And you're the third person to hear about it. Yeah. Anytime you hear about an issue that I have, know that you're the third person to hear about it. And by person, I mean me, the voice in my head, and then you. It makes me feel so good. <laughs> in a, but you should feel lucky. You're the first like human to hear about it. I feel honored. The f first uh, uh, physical being, whatever that's called, a, a real one, you know. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to you, when you have an issue, I'm the first person to hear about it. Mm -hmm. Or do you internalize it at all and then come out? The safe journal will be the first to hear about it. I like that. Should I be sneaking into your safe journal? If you like. <laughs> if you like. I'm an open book. <laughs> safe journal, safejournal.co. <laughs> Zoltan, 25% off. It's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be so good when we have a bunch of sponsorships because I bet you 
once we if we get to a level where we have a bunch of different products that we're sponsoring we're gonna mix them all together you know what do you mean like at the end i'll be like yeah take a blue chew get an erection write in your journal <laughs> and then <laughs> you know when i like to write when i'm fully relaxed on cbd so get yourself a joe rogan cbd gummy and then let your thoughts flow while you think the moon landing never happened or i don't know whatever they talk about it'll be fun we'll like conglomerate all the ideas i look forward to it <laughs> i look forward to it too uh yeah so we've i don't know it's just been it's been a good week of like i also feel phony saying all this because like i think about all the positivity and then I think about all the negative things we've said out loud in the last week. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, this is one of those fake ones. Wow. You know, like right before someone has a mental breakdown, they come in super positive and they're like, life's great. And you're like, all right. Like they come in too hot on the positivity. And then the next week you're like, hey, where's Brett? Oh, he blew up a school bus. <laughs> and you're like, I knew he was on the verge of blowing up a school bus. He was like, he came in way too... I'm not saying I'm at that level. There's no school buses that are in danger. <laughs> Everyone's totally fine. But like, I remember yesterday... Was it yesterday you got your nails done? Mm -hmm. And you came in and you told me about your nails. I wish you were on camera so we could show the nails, but that's all right. There you go. Look at them. Look at those phalanges. <laughs> those colored phalange tips <laughs> i uh you went over there and you had a moment a good hilarious moment of mm -hmm. insecurity because mm -hmm. how did they do those nails they said you said that they like threw a chunk of powder yeah, on so them this is the first time i actually got i think they're called powder nails it's kind of like gel nails but they do it with powder instead of nail polish okay and it's just a whole process like they put liquid on your nails and they dip your finger in a powder and then they do another layer and another layer and then you end up with like a mountain of mud on, on your top nails. of your fingernails yeah. just big clumps of mud exactly and there was a moment where i was like good lord i <laughs> hope this turns out okay <laughs> and then there was there were these two like girls in their early 20s i want to say maybe late teens horrible age group by the way <laughs> sitting beside me and I can hear them. I can see them with the yeah. corner of my eye. And one of them says to the other one, like, look. And then the one beside <laughs> me, I see her fully turn and look at my nails. And then she's like, oh, well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> so now you got, you already have the self-doubt. <laughs> and now you hear it from a 20-year-old that you <laughs> should have self-doubt. And yeah, I just felt awful. And I was just looking at these nails. I'm like, oh, I really hope they turn out okay. Um, but they did. Yeah, they, they came out, out amazing. Because she came down and, what, sandblasted them off to make them look like that? Yeah, I don't know what she did, but it was some but sort did, of magic. You told me as you left, you gave them a look and a flare at the two little 20-year-old Oh, yeah, twats. I was so proud. At the end, I wanted to tickle her chin with my nails. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I told you. I'm like, you should have came by, tickled their chin, and went, trust the process, yeah. <laughs> and then just walk out. <laughs> you're no, you're no part of this. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah, we had that moment. We had the birthday party moment, which we had a good time. We were social at that thing. Mm -hmm. We were social enough. Oh yeah, and then we uh, we saw what's his name, Wallace. Oh Wallace yeah. Shawn. Do you know who Wallace Sean is? Did we talk about that on the podcast? No. Uh, Wallace Shawn, once you Google and look at his face, you'll know exactly who we're talking about. He's a famous actor. He's oh, Wallace Shawn. Yeah. This little guy? This little, little guy? guy. <laughs> he is <laughs> very little. But does he look... Uh, I've definitely seen him before, yeah. Yeah. He was a like, playwright? He's a playwright, but I think he's best known... I think he was in Princess Bride. He's been in a bunch of movies. But uh, we were having uh, breakfast in our neighborhood at this place in Park Slope and I'm sitting again, I'm facing the wall, you're facing the people mm -hmm. and so a new group walks in behind me and I just see your eyes go, oh. I locked eyes with you him. You locked eyes with this little fella, and this he, famous little fella. And he stopped and he was waiting for me to say something but I didn't say anything. Right. Yeah, you just stared. And so he stared back and it was like a good five Mississippis. And mm -hmm. so did the two other people that are with him. And the two other people were with him because yeah. they were all expecting me to say, hey, 
I know you. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, I'm like, oh, this is weird. I'm not going to say anything. So I just look down. (laughs) Yeah, I never do that either. Yeah, because he's also a guy. You don't in that exact same situation. It's just like, yeah, I know like a guy's like famous, but unless it's like someone I'm, I'm like, love, I'm not gonna like, just be like, oh yeah, you're whoever. Like, you know, it's just weird. Right. It's yeah. weird if to you bring look up too long. They're like, you know, waiting for it. And yes. Yeah. They, they know. Obviously, they know. You just recognize them from. Especially if it's just like I know I've seen this guy, but I have no idea what from or whatever. Yeah. Right. Now I know him from. Oh yeah, he's in Clueless too. Yes, yeah, so he's the dad. Yeah. In, he's in a lot of Or no, things. he's a teacher in Clueless. I forget what he did. Yeah, he's a teacher in Clueless. He's actually deep cut. One of my favorite movies growing up was a movie called Just Like Dad on the Disney Channel. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, so the plot of the movie is he plays the dad to this dorky little kid from the fourth grade. And uh, all he wants is there's a father-son picnic coming up. Mm-hmm. And... He's there's like a bunch of like there's a father son baseball game there's like a potato sack race it's all these athletic things mm-hmm. and he wants to do really well in these activities because he wants to impress his, this girl who he's got a crush on but he knows that his dad's not the athletic type and it's not going to be good so he goes to a gym and bribes some muscle bound guy mm-hmm. to be his dad this like handsome guy to be his dad at the father son picnic mm-hmm. and he comes in and just smokes all the other dads in the father son picnic <laughs> and people are like whoa your dad's so cool blah 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 it makes him like Mr. Popular in school mm-hmm. he starts changing his clothes he starts flirting with the girl and then eventually the dad finds out Wallace Shawn and he's definitely heartbroken he's like oh you rented a dad you have a dad and uh, it's just this beautiful heartfelt moment and he's so like you know he's like a little fella and I don't know you just feel for him and I love that movie and that's the movie I would have brought up but I was embarrassed I'm always embarrassed to bring up a deep cut, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, what do you know me from? I'm like, just like dad. And he, I, I, to me, he would have been like, oh, the worst movie I ever made. <laughs> and you're like, well, I really liked it, you know? Five foot two. He's a little fella. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not big at all. I'm 5'9", according to my driver's license. Maybe 5'8". Five, five, eight, eight, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably 5'8", but... You yeah, know. you and I did not talk at all. We just eavesdrop the entire time we stopped our conversation as soon as they sat down next to us and we just pretended we were having breakfast with wallace sean and his two friends and we learned a lot apparently the 90s were rough on him he like very loudly talked about his career he goes dude the 90s were rough on me i wasn't getting a lot of work thank god for the lion king and then emma and i looked at each other and went Oh yeah, the Lion. <laughs> he was in the Lion King. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't know, but I know that voice. That voice was definitely in the Lion King. Not the bird, because the bird was Gilbert Godfrey. Iago. Nuka, the lion. He was one of the lions. I guess so. One of like the was there like an accountant lion, <laughs> like a bookkeeper lion, a librarian Nuka, lion. But uh, he was talking about that. Said the 90s were really hard. Are you just going to air his, all his laundry? Yeah, we had <laughs> breakfast with them. We, it was so funny. They, we were having a great breakfast. We were talking, and as soon as they sat down next to us, we stopped our conversation. We sat there for another 45 minutes, listened to their entire conversation, mm-hmm. and then left. And I wanted, as we got up to leave, I wanted to say, we should do this again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys next week same time same place i'd love to hear more if you could talk about just by uh just like dad next week i would love to hear that i was that. gonna say hi and zoltan's like don't do it don't do it I was like, oh, okay yeah because i'm like well, i don't yeah i'm like you always want people to say hi to you like you never mind when people say hi to you no so I'm like, but i'm sure he doesn't mind either i've seen people snap at some people he's so nice You've i know seen his face he lives in chelsea if you want to go he lives in Chelsea. Allegedly. What's his address? As of 2012. So oh, as of <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, he definitely took the subway in, and he had a big duffel bag, mm-hmm. like he was sleeping on the subway. He's a ton of animated stuff. Oh, good. Yeah, he has one of those voices. Story, yeah. yeah, he has one of those like good cartoony voices. Mm-hmm. Mm. But um, but yeah, it's it's been cool to see people. I so like you were saying, I don't care when people come up to me. In fact, it makes my day because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen to me a lot. Mm-hmm. So when someone goes, oh, I'm like, <laughs> please butter my biscuits. This will keep me high all day. Mm-hmm. And but I I do have friends that are more famous than me by a lot, mm-hmm. and 
one of them, I'm not going to say his name, but I watched him snap at somebody and went, can I eat? Like gave him one of those. And I was like, and you wouldn't expect it from this person based on who they play in like the, on TV and all that. And the people that came up, just a nice little dorky couple. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh. And then I'm there. And then I'm like, I wanted to mouth, like, I'm sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. But I didn't. And I just, we just went back to eating. And I was like, so that, I always remember that. I always remember that. And I never want to be yelled at, especially in that smaller restaurant. Mm -hmm. Like, if I would have said, hi, I'm a big fan of your work. And he's like, can I get a minute? <laughs> uh, we would never go back to that restaurant. <laughs> like we would walk by that restaurant and mm-hmm. go, remember they have good breakfast? I'm like, we'll never know because we got yelled at by the guy from Princess Bride. It would have been a good story though if he yelled at us. I know. He just kicks our Wallace ass. Sean yelled at me. <laughs> he just assaults us. He jumps on your back. <laughs> he's choking me. I'm scraping his eyes. <laughs> There's just video. There's grainy cell phone footage of Emma and I assaulting Wallace Sean. <laughs> that would go viral. And then you and I are just bleeding in an ambulance. And I'm like, I told you you shouldn't have said hello. <laughs> Look what this led to. Oh, man. what? A, yeah. Yeah, so we got to see him. I like living in that neighborhood because it's a nice neighborhood. Sometimes you see some celebos walking by, mm-hmm. you know? Well, who's that? We saw the kid from White Lotus. Oh, yeah, the little brother. Yeah, the little brother from season one of White Lotus, the one that ended up staying in Hawaii and, like, kayaking with the with the uh, natives, mm-hmm. the native Hawaiians. Uh, we saw that guy walking by. He just looked lost. Yeah. <laughs> he was, like, looking at his phone. He's like, huh? And I was like, oh, the guy but yeah, I'm the guy who's like you're walking by and then with a friend and they are like, that's whoever. Because I don't know any unless you're like literally like mainstream, huge, big. Right. I don't watch any. I don't really watch the streaming shows. Like I don't watch a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I never know anybody. Like one time I was walking by and my, and my buddy was like, it was a singer from a kid or fun. Is it a band? Yeah. Fun's yeah, a band. A yeah. I don't know what any of them look like. Me neither. I'm like, how am I, how am I going to know who that like? Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just. It takes a lot for me to not say something though if I'm like a fan of them, but that's only happened once, and I just went up to him because I was like, I have to. Yeah, Who'd you go up like you to? Should. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, oh, yeah, you gotta yeah. go I'm say obs- hi to Flea. Obsessed with him. Yeah, he's also always dressed like Flea. Dude, <laughs> if yeah. you saw how he showed, first off, it was on a pickup basketball game on the West Side Highway, so it wasn't like anywhere where he. It wasn't like a restaurant or anything. He was playing basketball in the city. Pickup basketball in the city. Walked in, shirt off already. Yeah. Big <laughs> hair, a ball, and sneakers. And I'm like, how long is it going to be until everyone starts like? It was one of the fenced in courts. Like, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. starts coming up to the fence, and it was like literally 12 minutes, and then he had to leave. And he just wanted oh, to play wow. ball. You could tell. He a, he made it 12 minutes until people started piling around. A guy. I was like, this is like my dream. He's like my dream meat. So yeah, because like, you're a big Chili Peppers guy. Psychopath. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, let me just go say something really quickly because you could tell he didn't want to be bothered. And then a guy came up after, asked for a pick, and he said no. You get the vibe he didn't want to be bothered. Yeah. Then like four or five people were walking by and started coming up, and he literally just left. Yeah. yeah. That so. sucks. Yeah, See, but that's like a whole other level of fame. Yeah. You know, that's a level of fame you don't want to be at. Yeah. Doug Stanhope said it best because he's really good friends with uh, uh, Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. and he, which he always likes to say, my best friend, Johnny Depp. <laughs> he directed one of his specials, but he goes, Doug Stanhope said, he's like, I like the level of fame I'm at. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm famous within 100 feet of the venue I'm performing at. <laughs> and then outside of that, nobody knows who I am. And yeah, he goes, that's really the level you want because he's like, when I go out with Johnny, if we go to have dinner or go to a bar or something... We can't have a conversation. Right. Everybody right. comes by every 30 seconds, yeah. say hello, take a photo, that kind of thing. Mm. And I get it because I have that in me. I got out of the car to stare at Lenny Kravitz in L.A. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you that. stayed in the car. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I know what he looks like. <laughs> but it was Lenny Kravitz. Like, get out. Yeah, That's we, the thing. Like, we're, probably in the, we're probably in the minority, honestly. Like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> like me. Like, I won't say anything. You and I relate into the, oh, well, you'll say something if it's like someone like a flea, someone you have an obsession s- with. Yeah, that was yeah. it, yeah. But like I'm not I'm not the biggest Lenny Kravitz fan, but right. I'm gonna get out my car and stare at him while he walks into a sushi restaurant. Not only do you stare, you also point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I, I remember we have I told this story on the podcast? I don't think so. All right. We were in LA. This was a year ago. We we're gonna go do a show and I had to go park in a shopping center thing, but they also charge for parking because they make money everywhere in LA. And as I'm pulling in, 
I'm like, that's Lenny Kravitz getting out of his BMW with his daughter. We Googled the daughter, uh, <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. It was with Zoe. So you got the tandem. You got two celebrities. She's an actress. She's doing stuff. And uh, I go, oh, my God, that's Lenny Kravitz. And I was like, oh, whoa. And then I quickly pull in, and it was a double-layered thing. So they had already walked up the stairs. They were heading towards the sushi restaurant. So I quickly parked the car, and I jump out, <laughs> and then I just look up. I go, whoa, and it's Lenny Kravitz wearing scarves and weird clothes that look like you can't even buy anywhere. Like he was just born with those clothes. I'm like, where do you get those clothes? And he's just floating up there. And then I look, because I assumed you would have jumped out too to look. And you're still in the car fiddling around with paperwork. I don't know what you're doing, checking out the insurance. And then I, I go in, I'm like, I yelled through the window. I went, you're missing Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> and you're like, what? And then you eventually got out. I'm like, you missed him. And he's like, no, I saw him. I'm like, she's like, were you just standing out here pointing and staring <laughs> yeah, at Lenny Kravitz? Yeah. That's exactly what you were doing. And I was like, why aren't you? How many times do you think this is going to happen in our lifetime where you see this man that looks like he's from another planet wearing cool clothes, dressed like his gimmick, floating into a sushi restaurant that's above a Starbucks in Los yeah, Angeles? I don't know. I'm just not like that. I just, I don't see it. Ah. I can just Google a picture of him, you know? Well, yeah, but you, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I'm into the whole, because I, I wouldn't have said hello. I just want to stare. I just want to go. <laughs> You know, and be like, I know who you are. <laughs> I know who you are. Big time. Repeat his name to him. <laughs> yeah. I should have said something funny. Hey, are you gonna go my way? That's one of his. It's one of his songs. That's the only one I know. You're gushing right now. I'm gushing right. This is a, he's a legend. He's so good. So good at fiddling the the six string. All right, I uh, I think that's the episode. Uh, we're at an hour, right? We are at 104. 104. 104. Good Lord. What is this, a Rogan episode where we're talking about elk meat? Jesus. <laughs> Let's wind it down. You guys have been a wonderful audience. Thank you for listening, downloading, sharing, subscribing, doing whatever you do to listen to the podcast. Don't forget to get yourself a safe journal. Safejournal.co, promo code Zoltan, 25% off. And until next week, ciao, everybody. Trekking heavier, traveling light. There's one thing that's right wherever I go. That's where I am.